Alrighty, g'day guys and welcome to the Bradley J Driver Experience. You're here for episode 25 and I'm here with today's guest who most of you will know. He's a man of many talents, um, outside back for the Brisbane Broncos in the NRL. He's a full-time dad and husband as well as business owner with the launch of his company, Churn Media. Jordan Kahu, how are you brother? It's good to be here. Fast a fair rap, brother. Thank you for that. <laughs> oh, not at all, man. It's um, it's an absolute pleasure. It's you're one guy that for me is, I guess, in the last, especially the last six months, with the amount of content you're producing, your face kept popping up, and I kept hearing you being being spoken about in the circles. You know, with Isaac John and those boys at YKTR. You're repping the hoodie there at the moment too. Um, for those that are listening, you won't be able to see that. But, um, man, your name just kept coming up and you, you're doing some great things outside of footy as well as on the field. So I commend you for that. Um, what sort of – what inspired you to start I'll – go, I'll go into the story and the footy a little bit soon, but what really interests me is obviously people talk a lot now about using the leverage you have as a player. What inspired you to start your company and why media? Um, I guess I've been kind of building my brand outside of footy for the last probably four or five years now. Um, I've really ramped things up probably since my first child. It's probably when I first realized that I needed something outside of footy. Um, that's kind of when my you know passion turned into something that I really wanted to focus on. Um, and then, yeah, I eventually just started buying like a, a lot of gear, uh, camera gear. So I, I thought, you know, why not try and make some of that money back and start a business? You know, I was really enjoying um, filming and, and taking photos and that. And uh, a lot of people were asking me to take videos and photos of them. So I was like, I might as well turn it into a business um, and have that kind of building alongside my footy career. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of how it all started. That's awesome to hear. One thing I've loved during COVID is the NBA style shots of the boys coming to training in their gear and their kits. I reckon it's been, I've, I've said for, for ages, like that's one of the things that footy, especially here in Australia and New Zealand misses that yeah. I guess that culture around like the players, not just being athletes, but being personalities off the field. And that's this, that's a huge driving factor for fans to be involved um, even when the game's at a standstill. So I've been loving it, man. What inspired the boys to, obviously the boys are starting to turn it up. I can't imagine they're rocking up in suits and full kit every day, but it's, yeah. um, it's um, got them ready now. So I started off Lex um, just one day uh, at training, seeing I had my camera and he's like, broken take a photo of me and my foot um, out in the hallway. And then um, we, we took the photos and they came out really dope. And then, it was after he, uh, we watched the Last Dance episode, I think, and he had like a mad Michael Jordan jacket on, um, yeah. the Dream Team jacket, and that's kind of what started it. And then from then on, he was just kind of like, bro, I'm going to do this every day. So I was like, bro, I'm keen to take the photos. If you're keen to do it, I'll just bring my camera every day. And then like one of the boys would jump on, um, see the photos, obviously, on Instagram and that would jump on. Um, and then the group kind of just got bigger and bigger. Um, but it's funny because like a few of the boys would watch the boys that were doing that and be like you know laughing and recording them and then a couple of days later they're in on it as well and kind of just built to a place where it was just normal I guess and then like seeing other teams do it um other sports do it as well especially in Australia was was pretty dope to see 
I actually seen posts you guys doing it, a couple of the AFL boys. Yeah, yeah. The other day, which is cool. Yeah, it's good been, to see. Yeah, Carlton? Was it Carlton? Yeah, it was, yeah. It just connects yeah, community, bro. doesn't it? Like, Bro, hold on. It's just like, I know, I guess footy's changed a lot and probably a lot of the old school players or old school people with those old school mindsets are probably against it, but bro, we're just having fun. You know, we, we can't dress up and go out in public and go to dinners and stuff like that. We don't, we can't do any of that. So like, why not just dress up and come to, come to training? Definitely. Hey, you've been loving the doco. Hey, I've seen the art in the background there. I actually watched, but, your, I watched the vlog today. Wow, it's unreal, man. I'm so stoked with it. Um, but yeah, obviously, I was born in 91. Um, my name's Jordan, obviously, so I've, I've been a big Michael Jordan fan for a long time. My favourite number is 23, and yeah, it was, wow, it was crazy, Doco. Crazy. Isn't it, isn't it cool just seeing how that guy's influence changed, not, not just sport, but the world? Like, it was a huge cultural movement for a lot of people. Especially just the branding sides of things as well for you know, Nike to kind of sign him on, that type of deal um, when he was that young, give him his own shoe, all that type of stuff, just, like, changed the whole game. Like, it's probably not noticeable now, but, um, like, just, just the things that he would have changed just from being him, it's crazy. Isn't it interesting? Like, one of the big contrasts for me was obviously seeing, you know, MJ's in a position now of, of real financial pleasure post career and you look at a guy like Dan like I love man I've got a fucking Dennis Robin shirt on I've got the left yeah, right. hair right. at the moment yeah. like I, I as a player I digged him digged his personality but you look at the difference and you look at someone who was able to set up something while they're still playing with, with the shoes and all the other stuff that Michael does and a guy like Dennis and you look at the difference there was always going to be a difference in in net worth and financial security post game because of the star that MJ was. But I guess that's part of the inspiration behind you doing what you're doing, you know, footy and, and athletic careers are so uncertain and you've got a little family to worry about. Um, is that one of those things, having that extra financial security post footy that's already set up? 100%. It's, it's more so just having the idea of what you're going to do. You know, a lot of the footy boys don't have an idea. Um, I played with, you know, a 300-game player, uh, I won't name his name, but when he retired, I was at a function and I seen him at a function and he just said it was the scariest time of my life. Like he just, um, it's probably one of the driving factors behind what I'm doing off the field as well. But he just said, yeah, he was so scared because he had nothing. He he'd had footy for so long. That's all he'd known, all he'd put everything into. Um, but then when it came, you know, it just happened so fast. And when it finished, he just, he didn't know what to do. So um, I'll always remember that and it's kind of, yeah, it is a little bit of a um, motivation for me as well. Talk to me about your story. So were you born here or in NZ? In New Zealand. Nice, whereabouts? Wellington. Hey, I've got, mate, I've got a mate in Wellington. I've had Joe Damon on the pod- podcast. He's a welly boy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. A couple of proud welly boys that have been through. But talk to me about your life growing up and, y- and your story a little bit coming into the, the NRL. And I guess give us a quick brief because we could probably be here for hours talking about that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, a quick yeah, brief yeah. Of, of how all that went down. I'll try to run through it as quickly as I can. Um, I was born in Lower Hart, Wellington. Um, family of four. Had one older brother um, and just rugby union crazy. 
were my dad was a diehard All Blacks fan, um, Hurricanes fan, and that's pretty much all I ever wanted to be, both me and my brother when we were growing up. Um, went to school, um, a high school in Lower Hutt. Wasn't that great footy, so we, we moved to Wellington Boys, which is a good rugby union school. Um, I ended up, so I was, I was kind of in and out of the first 15. Um, and yeah, I was just kind of sick of not playing. So I went and played rugby league, loved it. And then um, I had one rugby tournament. I think it was like the Wellington under-16s or 17s or something. We ended up winning the comp and I, I thought I played pretty well. And um, I didn't get named in the New Zealand under-17. So I was pretty, pretty filthy on it. And um, like just, just throughout the whole year, I wasn't playing much in the first 15. And then to not make the... New Zealand on 17s um, was pretty gut-wrenching. So I was like, man, I love league. I'm just going to go explore it. Went and played in like a school comp. Um, we ended up winning the school comp. And then, yeah, just the phone started ringing. Um, we, Talk to me about that feeling quickly. Like when that phone's ringing and you're a young lad and you're passionate and you love playing the game, what's that feeling like? Right, it's, it's pretty crazy. It was weird because all I'd ever wanted to do was to be an All Black, yeah, and to have, um, you know, rugby because that's team. a big deal in New Zealand. Like that's yeah, the thing yeah, it's in our blood. Like it's in our blood. So um, it, it was hard at first. Like I was, I was probably a bit confused because I was like, "What do I do? Do I go and play rugby league, or do I stick it out here and?" Um, yeah, have a crack at Union, and then I just yeah, decided. To pack my bags and leave to Australia. Got a scholarship with the West Tigers. They put me in a school on the Gold Coast. Um, and then had two years of school there at Kiwa Park. We ended up winning the, the second year. Um, took the comp out. And then as soon as the year was finished, I was meant to move down to Sydney. And um, I just wasn't keen. My dad had moved over to Brisbane as well. He was living on the Gold Coast with me. And um, I just wasn't ready to move out of home. Both my uh, fiance Jess, we were together, um, you know, from a young age, and and we didn't really want to move to Sydney. So it was a bit too fast paced for us coming from Wellington. So we decided to um, stay in Brisbane and 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 choose the Broncos over going down to Sydney. I think the hardest thing about that was to um, telling the West Tigers because they'd obviously put me in in school at Kiwa Park. Um, but I remember I, I, I spoke to Tim Sheens myself and told him that I wouldn't, wasn't going to go down there. Um, and that was, that was pretty hard to do because obviously he's he pretty, you know, he's the head coach of the Tigers, the NRL team at, yeah. at the time. I was just a young kid at school. So it was pretty hard to tell him that. Um, but yeah, then eventually ended up at the Broncos and, um, yeah, had my stint at the Cows last year and then I'm back. Talk to me about, man, I don't want to rub salt in the wounds. I'm a Chook supporter, so there's no cowboy energy here when I say yeah. that. Um, talk to me about the, I can imagine it would be an emotional roller coaster. So it was 2015, the grand final. Yeah. Yeah, 2015. Man, I, I remember sitting, if that's a, a grand final, that was a grand final for the ages. I remember sitting there on the edge of my seat, being not a supporter of either sides and, probably the most impressed I'd ever been on grand final day with the, the caliber of footy and how close yeah. that game was. Talk to me about how hard it is to get that close with a group of boys that you've played 
your whole professional career with and then to head across to the other side and be with that squad the following year that that took that away from you guys um yeah it was bro, it was a weird feeling going up to the cowboys obviously after the 15 gf um just because we had that rich history with over from 15 16 you know I think even 17, we had some really close games, but obviously 15 was the biggest. Um, it was it was a bit weird and a little bit just just going up there just because of that. But um, I was lucky enough that you know I had been playing against most of those boys for a long period of time, so I did know a few of them. But uh, the hardest thing was just you know walking into the Cowboys training grounds every single day and seeing the poster. There's a post big poster on the wall. Yeah. Um, 15 GF and just seeing that every day, I was just, you know, I'd, I'd roll my eyes and shake my head like every single day. That was probably the hardest thing. But um, yeah, once I was once I was there, I was, you know, I was really locked in um, to the Cowboys and um, I was a Cowboy then. So, I was, yeah, I was just wasn't worrying about it too much. And obviously all the boys that, that you played for many years with, because that Broncos squad's been pretty tight for a lot of years now. There's been a heap of regulars the feeling coming back um, for the season again this year and, and making the decision to, to come back down south along the border there. Um, exciting for you? Yeah, it was exciting. I was pretty excited to get back to Brisbane and get back to like a city. Um, I loved my time in Townsville. Um, but then again, like off the field as well, um, there wasn't much opportunity for us up there as a family, not just me, uh, for Jess as well. And yeah, we were just ready to get back to to city life. Um, but then getting back to the Bronx, it was a weird feeling. Um, you know, I was kind of walking in there like, man, should I even be here? Do they even want me here? Um, and the group had changed so much within that year. Um, yeah. A lot of new young faces that uh, kind of weren't there when I was there. But, um, you know, after a week or two, I just fitted right back in like normal and, um, it just, yeah, it honestly feels like Cowboys was a dream now. Yeah, it's crazy. You know what? One thing that stood out for, especially since you, you, you know, you offered to come on the show when we spoke last week, I've been watching all your vlogs just to refresh, see where life's at, um, yeah. and try to make sure that we could have a really relevant chat. And one thing that really stuck out to me was, I think it was the one you released yesterday where you were talking about the art that you had done. And a text you got mid mid log from the team manager at the Bronx to say that I think a young fella had split his head open, so I hope he's all good. Um, yeah. And just to say that because you'd been at the hospital, you couldn't come into training. How hard is it balancing? Obviously, at the moment, it's crazy, but how hard is it balancing being a full-time dad and husband at home? And obviously, that's always the main priority. Family means the world to most. And then at the same time, being a professional athlete, and having to deal with all the ins and outs that come with that. Yes, I think it's it's like when when I'm at footy, when I'm at training, you know, I'm hundred percent focused on training and playing. Yeah. Um, it's probably more so when I'm away from footy and I'm away from training. Um, like if I didn't have the kids, I'd be fully focused a hundred percent of my time on on footy, just because um, I'm so competitive as well. And after a loss. I just noticed from after having my first kid um, how I dealt with losses. Obviously, it still burns me. Um, I'm one of the most competitive people I know. Yeah. Um, 
but I'd, I'd go home and just stew on losses for ages and it'd eat away at me, eat away at me. Um, but since having kids, it's kind of given me a good balance because they've kind of, you know, they, they give me the good distraction away from footy um, to be able to kind of make me feel when I'm at training to really be fully focused on training and footy. Because, um, you know, if you're, if you're thinking about footy too much, it kind of can drain you. And when you do get the training and, and games, you kind of over it a little bit. But um, since having kids, they've given me the good balance between both, you know, footy and outside of footy. You know, when I was listening to, um, I think it actually might have been on ISIS podcast, Artie Surveyor speaking about um, post-rugby World Cup and, and sitting in the sheds when they lost that that grand final and hearing, um, man, I'm a massive Sonny fan, like, especially yeah. because he come to the Chooks. I'm a massive Sonny fan. And, and hearing what Sonny said to that group post-game about sort of the, the bigger picture. And yeah. I can imagine, like you said, after those tough losses, um, you know, after after 2015 to be able to come home to, to your partner at the time and have someone there to actually take your mind off footy I can imagine it would be just super healthy well, 100% so I, I had my eldest um, two weeks before the 15 grand final so oh, yeah. what, an, uh, what an emotional uh, time right yeah so we played the Cowboys week one of finals I and mean, then we had the weekend off because we yeah. beat them. So she came on the weekend off. Um, but yeah, so like she was obviously a massive help when I did get home from that 2015 grand final just because that could have eaten away at me. It still eats away to me um, like today, but not as bad as if it would if I didn't have kids. I tell you what, man, I've got to give you and the missus credit. You've created two of the cutest human beings on the planet. Those I wouldn't give me any credit, bro. I'll give all the credit to my missus. Oh, <laughs> mate, Jesus, those kids. They're going to end up being models, man. The oh, eyes bro. on them. Happy little lads, hey. Yeah, my son, he's, he's fallen over too much to be a model, bro. He's got a big split across his forehead at the moment. And, oh, man, he's just, he's so clumsy and, um, yeah, so much like me. So much like me. Might be a footy boy like dad. Maybe. I thought he was going to be left-footed for a while. He was kicking at left-footed for like probably two or three, two, two and a half years. And then he's just yeah. lately just started kicking with his right foot. And I'm like, I was, I was so gutted because all I ever wanted to do my whole life was kick my left foot. But um, that's all right. That's all right. Yeah. Hey, talk to me about, for yourself personally, like on the field, I guess, I say this, I say this to people all the time. Anytime you're in the NRL, you're extremely talented. You have to be. And I don't think people realise until they hear stories of other people or see people they thought would fit in that system, not make it, when people realise how talented every athlete that steps foot on that field actually is. But like anything, there's, there's weaknesses and, and hardships that come along with, with obtaining that skill. What's the hardest thing for you as an athlete to work on? Um... Obviously, the the major thing that I've struggled with throughout my whole career would be injuries. Um, I'm probably one of the most um, disciplined, focused people, you know, athletes I know, and my body's just kind of let me down. And I've done everything to kind kind of help my body. Um, and I've tried different types of diets. I've, you know, I've 
different types of workouts, all this different type of stuff. And I just still keep breaking down and, and that's probably the, um, the hardest thing to take. Um, but I've just come to a point where I've just realized that, you know, my body's going to break down every now and then, you know, I put it under so much stress playing footy. Everyone's different. I might just make, I might break down more than the other boys will, but um, I'll get up and, and be stronger from it. So you're at the moment recovering from a calf tear, yeah? And you had shoulder surgery in October? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and from what I read, I read a few reports that look like you're on track to, to maybe come back a little earlier than first expected. Yeah, so my shoulder was tracking real good. It was um, it was like a month and a half ahead of time. It was just strong. started feeling good. I started contact. And then I think literally the day I started contact, I done my calf and kind of just set it all back. But yeah, yeah. I just took it as I'm probably rushing my body too much to get back. And because I was coming back, I was so focused on getting my body right to have a crack at making the team before round one. Um, that's kind of all I was focused on. And yeah. I was just pushing everything, I, um, my body to the limit, just and probably a little bit too much. How's the, like for you, for you now, obviously, you know, it's, it's a whole nother topic, but COVID's thrown a spinner in the works for basically every sport on the planet. It's hard to imagine... You know, if you, if you said to somebody six months ago, three months ago, that all sport worldwide would be completely stopped and, and shut off, you, would, you wouldn't have believed it. Um, but we're in the position we are now, and it's nice to see that. It looks like we're on the other side and we're getting back. Um, obviously, that would be extremely tough. And I want you to comment on, I guess, the headspace and the feeling amongst the playing group um, up there and, and what this has been like for, for most of the guys but also probably a blessing in disguise on one end where it's allowed you that little bit more time to get ready for the season and not miss too much of the games ahead. Yeah, it was, um, it was probably, you know, a lot easier on the boys because everything was shut, you know, like um, throughout that time, all we could do was train and stay focused on playing footy, you know, without playing footy, a lot of the boys, you know, we didn't have to worry about boys going to the bars and, and just, you know, like what they do in off-season, eating too much, doing that type of thing. Boys were just bored. So a lot of the boys were just getting out and training. So everyone's, um, you know, mindset was was pretty good and everyone was obviously keen to come back to training as, as quick as possible. But um, I feel like as soon as we started, everyone was kind of, you know, ready. They weren't four, six weeks behind, however long we had off. Um and yeah, I think I think the hardest bit over the last two or three weeks is that we've been in full lockdown as a playing group, um, and all these restrictions have been eased for the public. That's probably been the hardest because of you know we're seeing everything else being eased, but we've been told to stay inside, and that's probably the hardest. But um, now that we're obviously you know we're extremely lucky that we've been able to work throughout the last two or three weeks and. Now that footy's starting, I think um, things will get a lot easier. I think that's one thing that maybe the public and the fans don't appreciate is the lengths that you guys are going to have to go to to get this game back up and running again. And it's sort of... Uh, there's, a, there's a question I want to ask you and you don't have to comment because it's, it's going to be controversial. It, it blows... I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll comment first. It blows my mind that... Um, Oh, I think there's maybe a little bit the the NRL is being a little bit too strict on some of the players who 
literally aren't able to choose what they put into their body, i.e. the flu vax. Um, mm. And, you know, I'll put, I'll put my hand up. I got it this year. Um, I got cystic fibrosis, so I get it every year to be safe. Um, but it definitely doesn't stop COVID. Um, so I'm trying to get my head around the politics of that at the moment and seeing some lads, you know, I've seen Josh Papali on the news tonight commenting on, you know, the fact that he's going to be stood down because of it. And it's disappointing to see, man. I just feel like you guys are treading on eggshells in so many ways at the moment. You can't grab a gun. You said the other day in one of your videos, you can't grab a coffee um, from a cafe. You can't be out with your family socializing like other people are right now. How hard is it at the moment adjusting to, to all of that? Um, I'll, I'll speak about the flu shot first. Um, um, I, I got my flu shot, so I'm not against it hundred percent, but I am against not having the choice. And I think it's, um, you know, when we you know, have to keep our bodies in such good shape for a long period of time, I feel like we should be able to choose what we put in our body. Obviously, if it's not performance enhancing, um, but we shouldn't be forced to have something like that. Um, and I, I do feel sorry for those boys um, that are getting stood down. But, um, yeah, I know a lot of people that, they were like, on the flip side to that, I know a lot of people that have never had a flu shot, um, some of the staff, and they said, you know, like, I, need, I needed the money, I needed work, so I just, I took it. You know, like, it's, it's sad that... That's a sad thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's sad that people are getting forced to, yeah, take this thing. Um, but, yeah, I obviously got mine, um, and, yeah I'm, yeah, I'm just a bit gutted for the boys that haven't been able to choose what goes into their body um and then back to what you're speaking about with um the restrictions it's yeah it has been a bit tough um yeah like i said earlier just seeing the public go back to normal well not normal but easing their way there it's been hard to i think just watch that unfold and for us to be still and uh, full lockdown obviously we are working i know that and that's going to be a lot of people's responses is that you're lucky enough to start working for people um but i feel like it's a bit of i don't know it's a bit of like ego just saying you know you guys got to stay in full lockdown for longer than everyone else i don't know it's it's weird it's weird i don't want to speak about it and get myself into too much trouble of course man and it's it's a weird spot you know because i think you you crave more than anything i I had a month in lockdown inside my house and um because i I got a i got a lung condition so i was being super careful for the first month and man it's hard when you used to be in social and just living life as you usually would um, it's, it's so tricky not to have that. Um, so I feel for you guys, I really do. Um, talk to me though, on, on a more positive note about the playing group this year. Oh, I sense some excitement there. It looks like you guys have got a good squad. Um, big hopes for the year. Bro, um, best, best young group of uh, blokes that I've seen, um, in a while. They've, you know, they've got a little bit of experience behind them now, um, yeah which is obviously going to help and just so much excitement, bro. Some of the young boys you watch dancing around at training, you're just like, holy dooly. Like you just, 
at, at times it makes you feel so old because they're just like um, how old are you now like, man it's 29. 29 yeah yeah 29 now so some of the boys in the squad that are like 18 and you know i remember when i first came into the squad and i seen the boys that were 29 i'm like wow oh, they're so old so i'm just hoping they're not thinking that about me <laughs> <laughs> now you're still playing well brother so that's the main thing yeah thanks bro. Thanks. hey tell me what what does the next couple of years look like for you and the family Right, so we, we don't have any future plans after this year. Um, 40-wise, we don't have anything locked in, which is obviously a bit scary with everything going on. Um, that's probably the scariest thing about the whole COVID situation was I wasn't going to be able to play um, and prove my worth. You know, I've got to be on the field to show teams that I've still got it. Um, and... Yeah, it's, it's pretty scary. Um, I think, you know, I've got a family to look after. I've got, you know, a baby on the way as well. Um, and, you know, you do, start, thanks for, you do start thinking about those sorts of things. And, um, yeah, we, we don't have any plans, but I've always kind of been the guy that um, have always said that things will fall into place and everything happens for a reason. So I'm just kind of I'm focusing on my body right now so I can get back out there and, um, have a crack at making the squad, and then when I'm in the squad, I'm just gonna, yeah, just just do my best to impress. That's great to hear, brother. Hey, I had Blake Austin on on the show Saturday night, and um, it was cool chatting to him. I've been over there in the Super League and talking about the difference in in life from from here in Australia, being an NRL player, and probably um, you know definitely in the NRL, you're, you're more of a figure of, than you are in the Super League over there because of how big um, European football or soccer is in the UK. We sort of spoke and he, he touched on, you know, Blake's got four kids, so um, life's busy in that household. And, yeah, and he spoke about be. how maybe, maybe you don't appreciate at the time. He, he mentioned a story about his young bloke saying how he, that he, he didn't enjoy going to footy because all the other families were looking at him and they get quite a lot of attention. But in the UK, they kind of get a rest from that. Talk to yeah. me about that. Is that hard? Is that away from footy, you mean? Just, no, just being, just being out in public. Obviously, you guys are. And, you know, that's one of the best things about being in your position. You get to, um, you know, have the fans and the fans love you guys. And, you know, we all love watching you do your thing on the field. But is it hard sometimes to cope with people coming up to you outside in the public when you're trying to spend time with the family? And are people usually respectful? Well, I've I've never had really any problems at all. Um, That's good to hear. Yeah, bro. I've, I've, I've obviously I'm not one of the big big superstars like some of the boys, but yeah, I've never really had a situation where I've kind of um, yeah been against saying hello to someone. I've always um, thought to myself, like throughout or even at the start of my career, I said my whole career I'm never going to be one of those players that are. And they're going to turn people away um, when they come and ask for a photo or, or signature or something. I just remember how I was as a little kid and as a fan, and I know how much impact stuff like that had on me. And I just didn't want to, um, you know, become one of those players that had problems with being recognised in public because it's just um, if you're doing the right thing and you're always, you know, you're a good. Um, respectful person in the community I think you shouldn't have any problems with taking photos and um, you know signing autographs when people come up to you definitely hey 
relationship between you guys and the media is it's sometimes really tricky. Um, and I can only imagine being in your position, how tough it would be to almost sometimes have to watch what you say and what you do. Um, you know, I I seen you share a video on your Instagram story today, which I was actually watching before I come on with you of some of the stuff happening over in the States. And obviously we don't get, um, I guess it's, it's not as crazy here. Some of the stuff that's happening there is just unexplainable and absolutely like it's, it's appalling, but I know there's a lot of players there that are outspoken about the freedom of speech. And, um, sometimes that's, it's such a tricky line. Um, because you've got guys like Colin Kaepernick that are so talented and they're sitting on the sideline watching people, you know, play, play the game that he loves. What's it like being in your position with, with having to be mindful of those sort of things? And do you wish sometimes that there was more freedom for you guys as players to, to voice your concerns and what you believe in? Yeah, I do wish there was a bit more um, freedom, but... It, yeah, it's, it's obviously hard because we are influential figures and we do have to be careful with what we say because people will obviously follow um, with what we say. But um, I feel like you should always stick up for what's right and no matter who or, or where you are in the world. And, um, yeah, a lot of boys have, have you know gotten themselves into a lot of trouble because they have been sticking up for what's right and I just feel like that's wrong. And I feel like as a... You know, as a as a group, as a as a sport, um, everyone should be more supportive of each other when someone is, you know, outed and um, you know slammed in the media for for sticking up for what's right and you know sticking up for themselves. You know, we do the hardest thing. Obviously, we get cop uh, we cop a lot of abuse and 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 all that stuff online now because we people do have the access to us and. Yeah. Um, you know, as soon as we do stick up for ourselves or, or stick up for someone or another player, um, it seems to be it seems to be the wrong thing to do, and I just feel like it shouldn't be that way. It's, it's giving these these scum people power because they can um, say what they want, they can do what they want, and, and no one's sticking up. For on, the, on, on that note, um, I, I have to say I. I have to, I have to wonder what the thought process is with the media. Sometimes, you know, the stories that are, I, I, I know they're trying to make money and they're trying to have stories and yeah. it's about getting attention and eyes on, on their platforms. But man, like, can you imagine if I come out and disrespected you this week and then asked you to sit here right now and offer your no. time to talk to me for it? It doesn't make sense to me. You, you know, no. what I, mean? I think imagine if we had healthy, honest relationships with all players in the media how yeah. much more content the fans would get and, and how much the game would grow. hundred percent. It's, um, it's, yeah, it's a crazy world we live in. It's, it's whatever, it's what's first, what sells rather than what's right. And it's just, it's sad, bro. It's, it's real sad. It definitely is. And I had another, another point there, which is, has slipped my mind and it was, Brad's that bloody young man, Alzheimer's kicking in. <laughs> just, just comment on on what we we're discussing there, and try, I'll try and come back to my thought pattern about it. But it's just, I, I wonder if, I wonder if there was some sort of reforms that the NRL put in regarding the release of stories and the release of something, which I know does, doesn't always hold the media back. But I just think that there's not enough of the positivity spread, and 
And I feel like the game and the fans are really suffering because, man, I, I love, I think what you do is sensational on YouTube. I think people want to see what's happening in your lives outside of footy as well as inside the training sheds. Um, but it's, it's, you, you, have to, you have to be able to, to toe the line. And it just made me think of my, my other comment there, producing content. Um, yeah. how, how do you handle the hate? Has it taken some time? Because I can imagine you get it. Um, bro, I, I got to a point where I was just blocking and like I'd just block and just delete everything that I'd see. Um, and, I, and I do still do this. I, I probably do that now um, just to anything I see. Anything that's bad, anything I, I just quickly read, I just block and delete. I won't even give them the time of day, which is probably a good thing to do. Um, but when I see people close to me, getting picked on and um, you know, getting trolled online, that's when it really, like, I can take it because I know I'm used to it, but, um, yeah, I get I get really pissed off when it's someone close to me um, that's, that's copying it. And that's kind of when I'll jump out of my shell and kind of, you know, react I get, I get to that thing. I had a similar yeah. situation the other day. I had, for the first, probably the first time I had a lad just have a real crack at me on social, um, no. saying that I look like a fuckwit, like oh my, my, hair, my hair was shit. I'm an egotistical yeah. wanker and stuff. And dude, like, doesn't bother me. I'm headstrong. Yeah. I know that if I want to get to where I've got to go, um, yeah. I'm going to cop plenty of that along the way. But the thing that really bored my blood was I probably had 10 or 15 people that know me jump to my defense and, like, I guess, um, attest to my character and my intentions. And when yeah. this guy then went back at them, I thought, fuck, not everyone's as mentally stable as I am or as um, emotionally aware or self-aware of, of themselves and the journey they're on. And, man, it just I, – I always think – I think I think of you boys consistently because I can imagine how hard it would be, especially game day when the emotions are running high and you're sitting there and there's some fan screaming in your ear when you're trying to, trying to take a kick or – you know what I mean? You're waiting for kickoff. How hard is it just to control your emotions in the moment? Well, see, I'd honestly rather do it, like have someone have a crack at me in person um, in the stands. Like I'd, I'd rather that than sit Show a bit of keep... balls, hey? Yeah, bro. Like if you're gonna try and be funny, or I don't even, I don't know what you're trying to get out of it, but like just yeah, show some face and, and do it in person rather than you know sitting behind a computer doing that because yeah I, I had a funny moment I um I'm real good with faces bro so once I once I see a face I can I, I don't know your name like I'm really bad with names but once I see your face if I see you again my head will just start ticking and um I seen this one guy at the supermarket one day and I knew he trolled me online um and I was just like, well, I'm going to go out to this dude. And I just, I didn't say anything. He was checking the stuff out of the supermarket. And I just stood literally like probably two meters away, just facing, and just started staring at him. And he, like, I wasn't going to do anything, but he, um, he just got real uncomfortable. Eh? Just real uncomfortable. Didn't say anything. It's funny, isn't it? When he, when he seen me, he was just like, yeah, like fumbling his groceries into the shopping bag and quickly <laughs> checked out and, and walked away. And then, um, I think I got hurt again later in that year. Yeah. Um, something, something happened and I got hurt again. And he came at me again online. He oh. said something else. Yeah. And then 
I said, I, I reacted and um, said, but it's funny because you had nothing to say at the supermarket that day. Um, and then I screenshot it and put in my story. And yeah, I said, just some, some people just, you know, lack the courage to, to do it in person. I'd rather get screened out on a footy field because at least you're in the moment, there's thousands of people around. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what fans do, but sitting behind a keyboard and doing it is just no good. Definitely. Hey, I want to I wanna let you go in a minute, but I just want to ask two things before we wrap up. See. First thing is, for yourself personally, post-footy, and, and I know we're talking a couple of years away, I, I still think you've got a couple of really good years ahead of you. Um, is there anything that you can't do at the moment that you're looking forward to post-footy? Probably travel just when I want. Um, where's where's on the list if you had to go top three places um like go to america in the summer like you know like the only times i'd get to go to america or something like that um it's always at the end of the year just having the luxury to go somewhere when i can um make weddings you know like stuff like that that i've missed throughout my career um and just yeah, just just catch up on all the things I've I've missed. Just just being able to have the luxury of yeah, travelling and and yeah, making um making things that I wouldn't usually get to do. Bro, you should have come across to the Chooks. We had a little Barca America trip going on this year. Oh, bro. I've I've done I feel like I've done a lot of travel I'm extremely lucky, but um just having the time to do it whenever you want, you know, not having a short window at the end of every year that you have to fit everything inside. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's probably like, as pathetic as it sounds, that's probably the only thing I can no, think of. Tra- travel's and, make, and make weddings. Travel's great, man. So, so same as those big weddings and moments. Hey, the, the yeah. last thing I, I wanted to ask is just a message to leave for the people. Um, is there anything that Jordan Carhu would like to get off his chest um, and, and leave everyone with? Um, probably just on the back of what we've been speaking about the online trolling and bullying and um, not even just the online just for everyone to you know, be nice to each other and be kind and uh, realise that other people do have stuff going on at home um, that you wouldn't see and um, just to be nice to everyone and be kind it's just it's not hard it's not hard at all it's, it's, it's a choice and um, some people choose not to and I just feel like the world would be such a better place if you just worried about and, and just cared for complete strangers more. I definitely attest to that. Hey, Jordan Carhu, it's been my absolute pleasure to have you on the other side of the screen tonight. Um, I thank you so much for, on, honestly, like I said, there's you know, plenty, there's been a few people that have gone out of their way to come on here, but, you know, to, to juggle the family life and to come on and after a big day, I really do appreciate it, mate. All good, my man. Thanks heaps for having me. Appreciate it heaps. Cheers. Thanks for listening, guys.